Hey, welcome everybody again. And we're so excited that we get to be together. Tonight is going to be, I think, fun. It's going to be special. I think it's going to be exceptionally meaningful to you. And by the way, after the day I had, I need this. I got to tell you what happened. So get ready. I'm on a Zoom call uh, with a person and we're having this really like, I think, great conversation. And I'm sitting on my back porch talking to him. And then I look down and there's a rattlesnake. Uh, right there, there's this rattlesnake, and my dogs are coming in on it. And I say to the guy on the Zoom call, hey, I'm sorry, but I got a rattlesnake here. And I go, look, and I show it to him, but I didn't know he had a fear of snakes. <laughs> he freaked out. Oh, my gosh. He's so freaked out, you guys. <laughs> and I, Tracy was on the call. I didn't realize he was freaking, so I keep showing him. <laughs> you thought he was excited. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you want to see a closer? No. Um, so anyway, that's the kind of how my day has gone. But uh, I want to share with you that I believe right now more than ever, you need to be really paying attention to what God says to you in his word. Uh, for you personally in your life, there's so much meaning. For the times we live in, there is. Because what we're seeing happen before our eyes is what we are talking about, prophecy. Prophecy is taking place. Either it's being set up to take place or it's directly happening. Uh, let me give you two things to think about before we dive into what I want to have you hear tonight from, Pat, from uh, Rabbi uh, Robert. But I want to introduce him in a minute, but catch this. Uh, we just recently experienced a, a moment of crisis in our country when a group of Russian hackers that appears to be attached to the Russian intelligence community shut down one of our largest pipelines. Uh, if you haven't noticed on our coast, it's not that big an effect, although it's some. On the East Coast, I have friends that can't get gasoline. I have others whose flights were canceled. I have others whose lives have been affected in other ways. And you know what? A lot of people believe that all they did by doing this was let us know they could do it. In other words, they're letting us know they could do something to us whenever they choose to do it. Now, why is that important biblically? Well, the Bible in Ezekiel pointed to a geographical region, region that Russia is now possessing and said in the last days, in the last days, there would be a country there. Back when the prophecy was given, there was no nation there, no population there. It says, but look to that geographical region and there will be a superpower there that will threaten world peace. We're watching that happen right before our eyes, which ought to make anybody right now who's not a Christian or not a believer start to think, wait a minute, there's something to the Bible that it could actually tell us that thousands of years before it occurs. Maybe more importantly is what's happening right this second in Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem is the most important piece of geographical property on the planet. And here's why, because God said it would be, and it is. God said that Jerusalem is the key to all prophecy. God said Temple Mount in and of itself is the most important place. And if you haven't been watching the news, and I bet most of you have been, there's unrest in Jerusalem, there's violence in Jerusalem, and a lot of it is taking place on Temple Mount. In the book of Zechariah, it talked about this in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 2, where it says, Behold, I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup that causes reeling to all the peoples around. When the siege is against Jerusalem, it will be against Judah. And it will come about in that day that I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the people who 
uh, for all the peoples. All who uh, lift it up will be severely injured and all the nations of the earth will be gathered against it. Here's what's so interesting. Right now, I wouldn't say all, but most nations of the earth are concerned about what's happening in Jerusalem. The United States is, the European community is, Russia is, uh, all the Middle Eastern countries surrounding it are. And we are watching prophecy unfold. And then we have this calling, you and I, because you might ask the question, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to react in days like this? When well, Psalm 122, it says this, it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. May peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brothers and my friends, I will now say, may peace be with you. Right now, we're gonna pray for peace in Jerusalem. We're going to pray for peace for the Jewish people and peace for the Palestinian people. God loves the Jewish people and God loves the Palestinian people. We have partnership with people who are in the Jewish community in Israel. And we have a very real partnership and family relationship with people in Ramallah, the capital of the Palestinian state. And they're suffering and they're hurting and they're afraid. May we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May we as believers in in the Messiah care, care for all people, love all people, and pray that the one who is the Prince of Peace, the only one who can genuinely bring peace, will bring peace to that region, into that city, into that area. So right now, I want to ask you to join me in praying for the peace, the peace of Jerusalem. Father in heaven, Abba, Father, we pray. We pray for your city. We pray for Temple Mount where you said your heart and your eyes are perpetually. We pray for peace to come. And we pray, oh God, that you would do miraculous things so that people would show love and care for each other. So the violence would end. So people could live in security. So children would not be hurt and not have to be afraid. And we pray, oh God, that those who love you will rise up to show love and kindness and care. May they do that even to an enemy, but may they do it to those in need. And we pray, oh God, for the peace of Jerusalem now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to tell you something that's interesting. Uh, we uh, wanted to have Rabbi, Rabbi Robert with us actually for a while. And here's what's so wild. We did not plan it. Now God did. Right. In other words, it wasn't like all this happened and we called you up, right? No, no this is just like, wow. And then it, like a lot of people are like, how did you plan that? <laughs> We're not that smart. Yeah, um, but we are so blessed to have Ra- Rabbi, Rabbi, I keep saying Rocco, <laughs> Rabbi Robert no Block with us, who uh, leads with his father, the congregation of Temple or Beth Shalom, uh, which happens to be in Corona, which we're so excited about. And Rabbi Robert is a Messianic Jew. He's a Messianic rabbi, uh, which Robert, uh, first of all, we want to say welcome. What, don't you guys want to say welcome? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I am so blessed to get to talk to you a little bit. I know everyone else is going to be blessed, but for the sake of uh, simplicity, would you tell us what a Messianic rabbi is? A messianic rabbi. So, yeah, yeah or a, messianic a, mess, Jew. a messianic Jew. I'll start with that. You've heard the old adage, you know, two Jews through opinions. So it depends who you ask. <laughs> um, so we're we're Jews that believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the promised one, and um, 
But we're also Jews that believe that we are to hold to our heritage, our covenantal obligations. We feel like, you know, God has called us to this and we're supposed to fulfill it. So um, that's who we are. We're, we're followers of, of Yeshua. We're followers of Jesus. But we also identify as Jews. And that's really important to, to us who believe in Jesus because there's so many of our friends and families that are Jewish, but they, you know, that's a real schism. That's a real difficulty to cross over. Yeah, I think probably a lot of us who are, and I love this, matter of fact, tell everybody what a Gentile is so we know that. Just someone from the nations. Okay, and yeah. that's you and me. Most Well, not all of you, because I don't... Anyway, yeah. I am. <laughs> he loves all of us. Okay, there you go, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Rabbi Robert, one of the things I, I think a lot of us don't understand is when someone is Jewish and they come to really believe that Jesus is the Messiah, mm-hmm. that actually may mean they could lose their family. Is that right? It causes tension, for sure. You know, and that, that's, that's a story that you hear over and over. Um, is that, you know, when you come to a place where you profess that Yeshua, Jesus, is the Messiah, that he's your Lord, you know, it, it causes attention, you know, even to the extent, especially if there's a religious family and, you know, they're orthodox or even conservative, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, it, it does cause a, a divide. And yet, out of our love, because we have the love of Messiah, we don't want to have division. We want to That's continue true. to love our family. Yeah. We want to continue to love our friends. And it's the love that compels us. You know, and that's, that will forever be what uh, drives us, you know, whether people accept us or reject us, just like he was. Yeah, and I think I love the fact that, you know, you, that's what you're saying. You're going to love regardless because Jesus has called us to that love. Right. And also there's no other way to reach anybody other than to show love, that's to right. really show care. Amen. Um, we are in the section on prophecy. And uh, one of the things I was so excited to have you talk about, because I think it's so personal is we know that um, there was promises given in the Old Testament uh, and promises very personally given to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to David, uh, you know, uh, and, and they had to do with the coming of the Messiah. So now you, being Jewish, you being a rabbi, what are some of the prophecies you look at that have the mo- some really, I guess, intense meaning to you? The whole Bible. Okay, there you go, yeah. <laughs> By the way, don't let go of that. Yeah. The whole Bible, yeah. I, and I think that's what the problem is. I, I think people uh, use the Bible as a smorgasbord. You know, they pick and choose when I think what's important is to look at the whole of scriptures. And when you really do read it for yourself, whether you're a Jew or Gentile, th- you can't help but understand this is God's redemptive plan. Yeah. He didn't just leave us, um, you know, stranded. And so... Um, when it comes to prophecy, I mean, I think of, uh, you think of the, I think of the book of Daniel chapter 9, right? Where uh, the, before the second temple would be destroyed, that there had to be, it's written that there had to be an atonement before the destruction of the second temple. For those who may not be aware, you know, there was two temples. Both are destroyed. Um, and so therefore, you know, where, who fulfilled that? Yeah. Who, who fulfilled that part of Daniel 9? What about... Uh, uh, I think of uh, Haggai chapter 2, where it says that the glory of the second temple would be greater than the first. Yeah. And, and you start to, you know, this is what has puzzled a lot of the rabbis for a long time. Because if, I don't know if you're aware, but you know what was in the first temple, right? Mm-hmm. You had the, the cherubim, you had the, the mercy seat, you had the ark. Yep. You had, uh, in Hebrew, it's called the shekinah, the glory um, you had so many things. And so you, you go through the scriptures and you're asking yourself, how could the second 
temple have greater glory than that of the first. And there's no other way to understand it other than the fact that Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, visited the second temple. Mm -hmm. So that was the glory that was greater. He was there. And he fulfilled everything that was uh, spoken of and written of by the prophets. And especially, uh, and then you think of Malachi or Malachi, you know, the Italian prophet. Um, <laughs> I yeah. was saying it wrong the whole time. <laughs> you know, uh, Malachi, I think it's chapter 3, where it talks about th that th this uh, person would bring peace. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's, that's where we come to a place of, um, of a, a, a fork in the road, so to speak, when we come and try to share with our Jewish brothers and sisters. It's like there, there's this expectation in Judaism that, that XYZ had to happen in order to, make, uh, to fulfill the, the, the Messianic prophecies. But what they forget is that you can't get to XYZ until you go to ABC. Oh, yeah. And ABC just means that Yeshua, Jesus, would have to come to suffer. He would have to come and be crucified. He would have to come and be raised from the dead. And all of this is written in the prophets, right? That's right. And if no one ever fulfilled that by, um, after this, the second temple was destroyed, then really the reality is that we have no Messiah and we have no hope. So unless we could find someone that fulfilled that back then, we don't have one. But we know that we do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We have, we have salvation. And it's not just for Israel. It's for all the nations. Amen. Yeah, I think that's so intriguing so. because you're right, is the, the prophecies point to that day, that time, mm -hmm. that temple, right. the second one, right. and, um, and now it's gone. Yeah. So it's, if that temple's gone and the prophecies weren't fulfilled, they can't be. But the reality is they were, I think, fulfilled beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I, I, I think it's interesting to me uh, that uh, Robert's father is also yeah. a rabbi who's a Messianic rabbi and a Messianic Jew That's who's right. 95 years old, by the way. He's 95, yeah. you guys. Yeah. yeah. And he was led to Christ by a Franciscan priest. Now, is that cooler? That's what? wild. Yeah, but yeah. tell them what passage he used. So the passage that opened the eyes of both my parents was Isaiah chapter 53. Right. So that absolutely speaks of the suffering ser servant, you know, to yeah. whom would believe, to whom would believe the story, mm -hmm. you know, to whom would believe the report. And it speaks of, of uh, exactly of, of Yeshua, of Jesus, who would uh, be despised, he would be rejected, and it was for our transgressions that, you know, he was, he, 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 yeah. you know, he died and he was crucified. So... It was, it was that, that that opened up my dad's eyes. And uh, I know that the way he says it is that when he was shown that passage, he's like, oh, not the Christian Bible. Show me the, the Jewish Bible. They're like, no, that's Isaiah chapter 53. Yeah. That's the Jewish yeah. Bible, right? Wow. And I think that has wow. been one of the greatest passages for many Jews to come to faith in Messiah. But there are many others. And I think what has to happen is, again, is that people have to read the, Bibles for, the Bible for themselves. You know, and I think uh, when they do, with an open heart, um, they, there can't be a denying that he is the promised one. Yeah, yeah I, well, I, that's my opinion, too. And, yeah. and actually, the cool thing 
even though that's your opinion and that's my opinion, it's based on evidence. Right. It's based on textual criticism. Mm -hmm. It's based on uh, texts that were written so long ago, we're not reading into it. Correct. It, it actually uh, happened. And, and so, uh, you know, one of the things I've been sharing in this series is the Bible is um, archaeologically true, mm -hmm. historically true, and it's 100% prophetically true, um, mm -hmm. which blows my mind. Uh, you know, I, before, I don't want to take you too far off where we were heading, uh, but, you know, you talked about the whole idea that when he comes again, mm -hmm. that um, those who are Jewish are going to look upon him. And uh, I'm, I'm, trying to get, I'm going to try to get you to say what you said to me. And what are they going to see that's going to cause them to realize who he is? So that's uh, referring to the prophet Zechariah. Uh -huh. It says that they will look upon the one whom they pierced. Yes. And uh, that's when, you know, that, I think that's going to come at the culmination at, of the end. And they're going to realize he was one of us. Yeah. And that has been one of the biggest uh, difficulties is that, you know, and I don't mean this in any disrespect, but, you know, the Malibu, blonde-haired, blue-eyed-looking Jesus uh, yeah. is not the one that the Jewish people, you know, identify with. They, 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 there's been this, like, uh, uh, distinction that, that they have to come to grips with. And I feel that's why we have to bring contextually, who was he? You know, in Isaiah 53, he was a man that would not have been... Of, he would not have been impressive. Yeah. You would have just walked by him. But he was the son of God. He was the son of man. And he fulfilled the prophecy, you know, that he said he would. And he's going to return. So I think that what's important for the Jewish people to realize is that, yeah, we all agree with X, Y, Z. You know, God's going to bring the, the peace, you know, fullness. Mm -hmm. But that's going to come in the age to come, you know, at the culmination. But he had to come first to deal with, with sin and, and basically reconciling man to God through, through a son, right? Yeah. And that's the peace that he brought when he first came. And so he started off with, uh, you know, I think it was in Mark where he says, you know, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand, right? Mm -hmm. And then he says, repent and turn from your sins. So that's what a lot of my people forget is that there had to be a reconciliation before the culmination. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, no, totally. Yeah. And, and the other thing you brought up that I love is that the clear, clear teaching, and we're talking about in the Old Testament, of the suffering servant. Right. And uh, so like in Zechariah, his hands, and he comes back and he shows his hands have been pierced. Right. And then it says they'll mourn for him like they mourn for an only son. That's right. And he was the only son of God. Mm. And then Psalm 22 said his hands and feet were pierced. Right. And so, so when did that happen? You know, you got to have A, B, and C before you get to X, Y, Z. I love that. I yeah. think that really makes sense. Yeah, and that, that's just important, especially to reach, uh, you know, Jewish people who just don't understand yet. Because there are so many Jewish people that are still waiting for a Messiah, mm -hmm. you know. And, and so that's why we need to pray. In fact, I encourage those who are watching and everyone here, you know, pray for the salvation of the Jewish people. Uh, one of the greatest motivators, I think, and I'm not sure where you stand on this, but when... when uh, Jesus uh, said, I will not return until you say in Hebrew, Baruch HaBaba Shem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Who was he speaking to? Mm -hmm. He was speaking to the leaders, the mm -hmm. Jewish leaders of the time. So there is a sense that we need to have a desperation to bring the good news to the Jew. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. A lot of time that's overridden. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with... Um, you know, a supersessionism or replacement theology. But I, I really believe that that's changing. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is a great uh, illustration of 
you and I together. And we're just, you know, this is what God wants. He wants to see the unity yeah, yeah. in the body, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't get that outside of Messiah. You just can't. Yeah, I, um, I really believe with all my heart that the, um, the nation of Israel uh, returning in 1948 was a miracle from God Absolutely. that was prophesied. Mm-hmm. The, the, the um, regaining of Jerusalem in 67 mm-hmm. was. Uh, and the whole idea of the regathering of the Jewish people in the last days. Yeah. But I'm also believing out of Romans, especially for a great opening of the eyes of the Jewish people in the last days, a great revival that will take place. Amen. And I hope that the church would have their arms wide open right. uh, to say, hey, welcome, welcome, yes. you know, uh, as we become one family, you know, the whole yes. idea that he is a light to the Gentile nation. I can't, yeah, my, my, I'm, it's the rattlesnake. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need your help, man. My hands on the <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But you know what? There's something so exciting about what you're calling for, and that is that we would pray, pray, pray yeah. um, for God to open the eyes of his chosen people. Uh, interestingly, uh, Robert, we both agree that Jewish people are chosen. We just have a little different view of what that means. I, I actually think I have a more higher view. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but tell everybody what you think about that. Well, it's, it's bothersome when someone says, you know, oh, you're the chosen, right? Because you just feel like, no, this is not an elite thing. All it means is that God has chosen us, meaning as a people, as Israel, to, be, uh, to lead the nations and to lead the nations to him, uh-huh. to the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So it's nothing more than that. It's not like this sense that God loves, you know, Israel more than he does the nations. He has purpose and he has plans for both. And I believe in what's called inclusion theology, which means it includes the plan of God for the people of Israel and also of all the nations where we're not segregating, we're not separating, but we're seeing the bigger plan of God that he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. And the problem I might have is I have two sons and one's my favorite. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) So if you're watching, you're the one. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, the whole idea that we come together, you know, especially in Revelation 7, you know, from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. There's a distinctness we carry with us, but we become one in Christ. We become one in that. And so I love that idea of calling it an inclusion. Yeah, uh, is yeah. really, really true. But you were saying Luke 24 has kind of a special relevance, right? Yeah, were you yeah. going to take us there? Sure, we could go to... Um, yeah, Luke 24, everybody. Go to Luke 24. I have the 1800 Bible here where <laughs> pastor has the, you know, the latest and the greatest. But there Luke chapter go. 24 is astounding to me um, because when we get here, we have, um, we have a risen Messiah and he's visiting his disciples, and they don't recognize him, correct? Right. And so here they are in verse, um, the basically, let's see, let's go to um, this verse 17. He says, he asked them, what are you talking about with each other as you walk along? And they stopped short, their faces downcast, and one of them named Cleopas answered, are you the only person staying in Jerusalem that doesn't know the things that are going on the last few days? What things, he said, and asked them. He said, the things about Yeshua from Nazareth. He was a prophet and proved it by the things that he did and said before God, all the people. And then here's where it said in verse 21. It says, and we hoped that he would be the one to liberate Israel. So that has been something that's been really important is that the people expected in, in that time for 
you know, they weren't expecting a crucified Messiah. They were expecting a conquering king. Mm -hmm. But what happened instead, according to the prophecy, is that he would come as a suffering servant the first time, and the second time, you know he's going to come back as a conquering king. Yeah, yeah amen. Yeah. Amen. And every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Mm -hmm. It says that Yeshua, Jesus, is Adonai, is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yeah. And so that's our hope. But what's interesting is that later on, or at the end, it was actually uh, where in verse 44, it says, Yeshua said to them, when it, Yeshua is the Hebrew name for Jesus, he said, this is what I meant when I was still with you and told you that everything written about me in the Torah of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms had to be fulfilled. And the next one is amazing. Then he opened their minds so that he could understand the scriptures. And so imagine that they were with him for so many years and you, you notice if you read through the Gospels, they just didn't get it when he would talk about how he would have to suffer and be crucified. It took the opening of their minds, and that's what I pray for my people, that's right. for God to open their minds and going back to also remove the veil yeah. so they could see that he is the promised one, you know? So I, I feel like there's that, 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 same that same tension where people... You've heard the, the country song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places, right? I have. Have you guys heard that? Okay. No. Yeah. All right. If you're looking for the Messiah yeah. in all the wrong places, meaning if you don't understand how, what he was supposed to do, ABC, then, of course, you're going to miss the whole thing. You yeah. know? And so it's about really going back to the scriptures and letting the scriptures speak for themselves and realizing that he is the one. And if he is not the one... Pastor, you have to admit that we have no hope. Right. That's right. Really, we don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. I, I agree. Because when you go back to, you know, kind of the, one of the first things you helped us understand and see is the prophecies are clear. It's not like they're vague. You know, we're not, no. you know, it's not like you could take them and twist them a lot of ways. I mean, they're very, very clear. Um, but what happens then is that means there's a one place in time. Mm -hmm. It had to happen in Jerusalem. It had, that's and that's right. why I love in Luke, by the way, um, we have what we call the must of Luke, where Jesus said, I must go to Jerusalem mm -hmm. so that I could die. That's right. And he actually says it, and they don't get it. Right. Yeah. Um, so we have the place. We have the, the, we have the point in time. It had to happen before the destruction of the second temple. Correct. Um, and then it was destroyed in 70 AD, so we don't get a second chance on that. That's right. Um, and then he had to he had to have his hands and feet pierced. He had to uh, be put in the tomb right. of somebody else. So all these things are there. I could keep going on and yeah. on. But what I loved, I loved how you read it. Everyone else had to love that too, yeah, where you read it. Uh, everything written about me in the Torah of Moses yeah. and the prophets and the Psalms. That's it. Yeah, the whole Testament all taken together. Yeah, I mean, he fulfilled it. But, you know, the disciples, you know, they were learning as they learn as you go. But it wasn't until that point after he had risen, that he still had to open their minds for them to understand, I see what you meant the whole time. Yeah. And to me, that's just astounding. I mean, to me, because, you, you know, people could read the Bible and, and they, they, do, they could do it intentionally. You know, like atheists could read this just for the fact of saying, I want to disprove it. Right. But yet at the same time, we pray if they read it, that they'll be convicted that's and right. transformed. Yeah. You know, so, you know, even us, we, we go through the scriptures, we read, we have a love and a passion for God and his word. And so it's the only book that continues to reveal and reveal and reveal. And we still don't get it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We still, there's still progressive, you know, uh, there, there's, there's still pro progressive theology, things that need to be unraveled 
that we don't know yet. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I totally get that because yeah. I'll tell you something um, I did not know until I read. I'm trying to think. Of, it was a, um, a, another man who has a very similar story to you. He, he was a rabbi, and then be, he was Jewish rabbi who became a Christian, became a, a, mess, a messianic follower of Christ, mm-hmm. who said Isaiah chapter 1 is where it hit him, mm-hmm. where it says that they will reject the Holy One of Israel. Mm-hmm. And he sat there thinking, who's been rejected? Right. And then he began to tie in all the other Isaiah prophecies. And so he believed that then that moment, wait a minute, the Messiah I'm looking for is going to be rejected at least the first time he comes. Yeah. And that opened his eyes. Like, and it was a moment like that. Like you said, he was reading the word yeah. and it got to him. I mean, the Holy Spirit, you know, is the greatest teacher, right? That's right. Yeah. The revealer. And I think that's what we need today. We need, you know, the Ruach, the spirit of God to open the eyes of, of the Jewish people. And, and, and show, and, you know, and so that there's this revelation that he is the one. Yeah. You know? And I, I think that's important. I think praying uh, for the peace of Jerusalem, for Israel and for the Jewish people, it, it's so crucial to all of us, you know, and I think it's, it's just a high priority. Oh, yeah. I do too. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, um, and you were talking about when you went to Israel and, and just, you know, the places you got to tour. Yeah. Um, every time I've gone, I've experienced something special. Oh, yeah. Um, I really know it is the promised land. It's the place where God's eyes and heart are perpetually. Mm-hmm. But I have to say this, that um, being on Temple Mount, you just stand there and have this sense of anticipation, like yeah. something's coming, something's yeah. coming. But also, I think something happened. Right. So it's not just what's coming. Mm-hmm. I get just excited over what happened. Of right? course, yeah. 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 And, and here's the thing. If, if he didn't fulfill the first part, he won't fulfill the second part. But we know, and that's our hope, because, you know, one of the objections is like, we've been waiting 2,000 years and there's still no peace. Yeah. Look around, look at the news. But there is peace because mm-hmm. he's the prince of peace. He's, in Hebrew, it's called the Sar, he's called Sar Shalom. He's the prince of peace. And there's peace wherever the people of God are. And his kingdom rules within us. That's right. And I think that's what's the missing, uh, that people say, oh, there's no peace in the world. But among the people of God, there's peace. Yeah, oh yeah. And we all have problems. None of us are exempt. I mean, a believer is not exempt from the atheist. The the fact is that we have a hope and a faith that gets us through it so we could stand, as it says in Ephesians. Yeah, I love when in John, I think it's 16, I hope I'm right, where Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, but not as the world gives. In the world, you'll have tribulation. Mm Mm-hmm. But in, in me, he said, be a good cheer. Exactly. You know, you'll have peace. So, we, yeah, I, I, you're right. He's, he is the Prince of Peace. He's fulfilling yes. that in our lives. Right. In yeah. what's happening with us. Yeah. And that, uh, and that was exactly the fulfillment of Malachi, where it said there would be that, that sense of peace. Well, it's amazing. The Prince of Peace came into the second temple. Yeah. Oh, and he yeah. brought peace to us. And you and I are ruled by that peace. doesn't mean that there's this perfection, but it means that we have hope and we could get through it. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what would be fun to have you share with us is because in the first temple, Solomon dedicates the temple and the glory of God comes, the Shekinah glory of God comes. Mm-hmm. Would you explain to us what that means, the whole idea of the Shekinah glory? Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, in Hebrew, Shekinah, it just means like the, the glory of God appeared. And we see that throughout the scriptures. You know, we see uh, a lot of places. We see that uh, when Jesus met with, the, you know, with Elijah and Moses, right? Yeah. And there was a sense of the Shekinah, the glory of God, you know, in the midst of that moment and that time. And I, and I just see that that exactly is what we see throughout the scriptures, you know, that glory, 
you know, and yet the greater glory came in the second temple because he was there. Yeah, and that's exactly what you have me thinking about because yeah. um, Zechariah 4, Zechariah 4, they, they're crying because the temple looks so small. Right. It looks so, it doesn't look what, like what they, were, what they had heard Solomon had built. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, the word of God comes and says, you know, who has despised the day of the small thing. And then it begins to talk about that the second temple will have a greater glory also. And then I think about this, that when the, when the Shekinah, is that, I, you got to get me right. Shekinah, you have, to, you have to spit a little bit with Hebrew. Okay, you know yeah. I mean? Ooh, it's I called, get this. It's, it's called the Chet. Yeah, yeah. Shekinah. The Shekinah glory comes, yeah. and I said it's Southern, uh, but, but it You're comes, good. and people couldn't stay in the room. It was right. so incredible. They had to, they couldn't handle it. It was so powerful, yeah. and yet God said, then glory is going to be greater in the next mm-hmm temple, and that's what you're bringing out to us, right? It's even greater than something that glorious. Right, yeah. right, because he is glorious. Yeah. He's uh, majestic in, in all his ways, you know, and I'm, I'm just thankful that my parents came to faith and that, you know, that there are Jews all around the world coming to faith in this Messiah. His name is Yeshua. His name is Jesus. Yeah, that's right. So, so much to rejoice about. So much challenge, but we have hope in the midst of it. Yeah. So, oh, amen. Amen. Yeah, especially like you were saying, the, uh, the turmoil that's going on in the land right now. Uh-huh. It's just, it's uh, unbelievable. And we don't know if we're at the brink of a, of a big war, but we know that it's going to take the returning of Yeshua, Jesus, to bring world peace. Amen. Yeah. You know? amen. So we long for that. We long for that. You know, um, something I want all of you who are watching to think about, and you brought it out so powerfully to me, and I hope all, to all of you, is when Jesus was having this encounter on the road to Emmaus, and he would be, began to open their eyes to all that the Old Testament said about him, that just before that, uh, you read that verse in uh, Luke 24, 21, where it says this, it says, but we, we were hoping that he was going to redeem Israel. Right. And uh, it, to me, that it, when I read that, I hear a lot of hurt and pain. Our hope was dashed. Our hope wasn't realized. Our hope wasn't met. Mm -hmm. And yet standing right in front of them is the fulfillment of their hope. And Jesus goes on to explain to them, you were hoping just for the redemption of Israel. I'm going to redeem the entire world. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And so I want you to know right now that some of you out there have probably been hoping. Hoping God would do something. Hoping God would move in a special way. Hoping God would free you from pain, free you from fear, free you from right now bondage. Maybe you're feeling bound and in bondage to something. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. You know, some of you are in a relationship and you think, I just want to be free. I was hoping, I was hoping God would do something. Guess what? He's right there. He's right with you. He's got his eyes upon you. He couldn't care about you more than he does. And so I want you to know that right now you could have all the hope fulfilled and all the hope realized. It could become real for you if you would open up your heart to the Lord. Right now, there's something you need to do that. You need to, to open your eyes. And as Rabbi Roberts said, just like we're hoping for the Jewish people, the Holy Spirit to open up their eyes to who the Messiah is, we want your eyes open right now, whether Jew or Gentile, right. uh, no matter where you are, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you've done, we're hoping the Holy Spirit will open your heart. 
so that you could commit your life to Christ and come to know him as your Messiah, as the promised one who fulfills the deepest promises you've hoped for in your life. And if that's you, I want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you to say yes to Jesus. I want to ask you to open your heart to him. I want to ask you to pray a prayer with me where you would commit your life to the Lord. Because the, one of the things the Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you will call on the name of Jesus, you'll be saved. Call out to him right now. And I want to lead you in a prayer where you could do that. For some of you, you'll be doing it for the first time. For some of you, you could do it to recommit your life. For some of you, you're maybe a, a, a couple and you need to grab hands and say, let's do it together. Or friends and do it together. Uh, by the way, one of the things I love is in the book of Acts, we see whole families make the commitment together. And so I'm praying right now some of you would do that. And if that's you... If that's you, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. But let me pray for you first. Lord, I pray right now for those who are hoping for more, hoping for healing, hoping for love, hoping for, Lord, for their life to be restored to them, hoping to know the right direction to go. But most of all, they would realize right now that hope is only going to be realized when they open their eyes to who you are and how much you love them. I pray they'll pray this prayer with me. And if that's you, I want you to pray the prayer. Just say these words. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. And you died for my sins. I pray you'd forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me from anything or anyone that's holding me back or holding me down. But most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. Yes. And, and say these words. Say, I say yes to you. If that's all you can say, if it's all you can say, he knows your heart. Just say, I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen if you prayed that prayer. Amen if you prayed that prayer. And if you prayed the prayer, there's a next step I really want you to take, and it's for you. Uh, what I want you to do if you prayed this prayer is text AMEN to 77247. The number's on the screen. Text AMEN to 77247, or go to crossroadschurch.family and click on I said yes. Uh, by the way, also email me, chuck at crossroadschurch.com. But we want to get you a special gift that will help you grow in your walk with God. We want to help you know the next steps to take where you get even closer and closer to him. And we want you to know the reality of what Pat Rabbi Roberts talked about right now, what it means to have Jesus as the promised one, the Messiah uh, for you in your life so that you can become a child of God uh, in a very, very, very special way. So we want that for you so much. And so make sure and text in or go to the, uh, email me or go to crossroadschurch.family and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Rabbi Robert, thank you thank for you. being here. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah. It's been an honor. It's so good to have you. you. We look so forward to this. I'm hoping this is not the last time. I hope not. Yeah, I, I guess, really, really. I guess we'll know if I get gonged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Uh, what we'll do is we'll turn up our voices in their ears and then they can decide. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you know what? Yeah. Um, tonight in our prayer time before we started, 
you uh, let out in prayer and you opened up with uh, my favorite way. I, I, it's not the only way, but my favorite way to call out to the Lord. Uh, and you called out to Abba. Yeah. yeah, Abba. You know, talk real quickly. Tell everyone what that means. It means Father. Father um, in Hebrew. You know, so, um, and you probably know this, having gone to Israel, that's what little kids call their, their dads. Abba, Abba. You know, then they, you know, of course, the rest is in Hebrew. But it's, it's an intimate uh, to me, it's so intimate. I, and in Yeshua, Jesus said, you know, this is how you pray. Avinu Shabashamayim, our Father in heaven. You yeah. And, then, and so, yeah, it's just, it's precious. It's instructive and it's powerful. So. Yeah. And you know what? It is powerful because, you know, words matter. Yeah, they do. And I know when my children, you know, and my grandchildren, when my grandchildren run and call me Papa, oh, yeah. that really, that, that matters. It yeah. matters to me. Absolutely. And uh, one day uh, my youngest granddaughter said, Chuck, and I'm like, not going to no. work. <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, who? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're out yeah. of the will. Um, but... But you know what? Right now, would you go ahead and lead us in prayer? And then we're going to go into a time of worship. Okay. Abba, Father, we thank you for all that you are, all that you've done and all that you're going to do, Lord. We thank you that you are a God who keeps his covenant, not just with Israel, but with all the nations. We thank you that you're a God who is faithful. Your name is faithful. So, Abba, I just thank you for this time Thank you for everyone that's been watching, and, and I pray that you've touched and changed and transformed lives tonight. And I thank you for this precious pastor and, and this wonderful church, Lord. I pray blessings, your blessings upon it, Lord, that you could, they continue to grow and multiply and make disciples as we have been commanded to do. And Lord, we do it all for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. And thank amen. you again, man. You, God bless thank you. you.